one. Hello, everyone, and good morning, and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for being here this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to allow others to get settled in while we go ahead and play some music. Uh, Marvin Winans, who's going to tell them? Coming your way right now, and we appreciate you being here this morning. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning, of course, to my lovely bride, and good morning, Roscoe. Appreciate you being here. Good morning, Ronnie. Thanks for joining us. Amen. Hey, Marnell, good morning. Thank you for being here this morning. We're praying, church. Let us know what you want us to pray for, Ronnie. Appreciate you being here. Mr. Gaines, Delia, good morning. Thank you for being here. Okay, we will be praying for that. Anitra, good morning. Thank you for being here this morning. Appreciate you being here. Just as a reminder for those of you who are online, sometimes the name pops up of who joins us. Sometimes it doesn't, so I can't always see you. So if I don't call your name off, that means I can't see your name. But we appreciate you being here nonetheless. Amen. Nate, good morning. Praise the Lord. Covering both coasts now. <laughs> good morning. Appreciate you being here.
Amen. Amen. Sister Pearl. <laughs> Amen. going to tell them by Marvin Winans. That's the video for today. And um, in today's world, it's very important for this remnant of the church, whatever, whoever it is that's involved here with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we just keep speaking up about the truth. God is going to enable people all throughout time here on earth to speak the truth of the gospel. And so that's what's very important for us to recognize and remember as we go forward. We've got a lot of people out there who are blind to the truth and they need to hear the truth. And it's the Spirit, uh, that's who's the one, he's the one who has to bring these people to the place where they acknowledge the need for a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Um, sadly, we know that a lot of people are not going to um, uh, listen or acknowledge God's word, but we pray, Lord, we pray that the Lord is going to uh, speak to those people and that more and more people understand the truth and know the truth. Greg, good morning. We appreciate you being here. Um, there's a lot to pray about right now. It's been one of those hectic times. We we have a praise because uh, Miss Laura is in the house here with us. Amen. Um, and for the sake of privacy, I'm not going to mention. Um, specifically online here, what to pray uh, about, how to pray for individuals. But we want to lift up uh, Sister Donna uh, in prayer. Uh, she is in the hospital. Um, we want to keep praying for her. We want to keep praying for Miss Laura as she keeps working with her leg and, and she can move about. So we keep doing that. Um, and for Ronnie, uh, who just mentioned about the ability to breathe without a nebulizer because um, there's a lot of smoke that might have gotten to her. So we pray that, that will, uh, God will answer those prayers. So let's keep that in mind as we go to prayer before we get started with Sunday School this morning. Let's make some announcements as I slow myself down. I've got to take a deep breath myself. Uh, it's just kind of a busy time, and that's just the way it is. Uh, amen. But um, we will be going live in the church with our broadcast. Pastor Gus will be preaching the message today, uh, and he will be... I don't know the name of it, so we'll just uh, say he is preaching today. And he will be uh, available live online uh, when we go live here on church on the same timeline here, uh, Akron Alliance Fellowship timeline, around 11 o'clock. So look for that. And we ask that you also please pray about your tithes and offerings. We're going to get back into making sure that we're praying about offer tithes and offerings and 
uh, your giving through worship. Uh, if you are mailing your tithes or offerings, please do so to Akron Alliance Fellowship. And the address is 688 Diagonal Road, and that's Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate you doing that. And we just appreciate you being here this morning because we know that um, there aren't many other, there aren't any others that I am aware of online that are, are uh, putting forth a Sunday school broadcast. Um, and we emphasize the importance of Sunday school here at our church because it is important. We want to be in the Word. We want to be in the Word and fellowship uh, together as we learn more about what Jesus is saying to us or what he's trying to communicate to us. And we're going to learn that exactly today in our passage that we're going to be covering this morning. John chapter 13, verses 1 through 20 are the passages that we're going to be covering. Good morning, Jackie. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate all of our online uh, visitors being with us, whether you're in our church or whether you're not in our church. We appreciate you being here nonetheless. We um, uh, don't take it for granted one bit. Uh, It is... um, this is a labor of love for me to do this. I want to do it because I think it's important to do it. And I'm very appreciative for those who have been supporting of us. And, and even of the other broadcasts we've done, the little things we've done with uh, the sermons that we've done, the 15-minute devotionals, all those little things that we do are to engage and get people to stay involved in the Word. And that's the whole purpose of it. And that's what a church should be doing. And that's what we're doing, and we're going to continue to do that. So we appreciate you being here, and we're going to go ahead now and get into Sunday school because we have a little bit to cover here. Um, uh, John chapter 13, verses 1 through 20. I want you to think on the terms of how it's very important for us to remain humble as we go through our efforts to serve the Lord Jesus Christ um, because we're all human beings, and sometimes the flesh gets in the way of being effective in our ministry for Jesus. But what you'll learn from this passage, um, again, this is at the end of Jesus' ministry, but he is going to show and teach. He's still teaching his disciples, even though that within days of this, he's going to the cross. And so it's important for us to see how Jesus never stops teaching us. We never stop learning from Jesus. Uh, And I appreciate you uh, understanding that, too, and, and Jackie, I did just see the note about your your uh, dad passing away last year around this time, so I know it's a tough time for you. So I do want to acknowledge that, at least right here, and know that we're going to go to prayer right now and pray about uh, that and all the other things that are in need of prayer. So let's go ahead and get started with a word of prayer, shall we? Father, we indeed now want to just stop and sit quietly before you, Lord, and speak to you as you speak to us about your goodness. And Lord, we're in a time right now where we're praying for healing, we're praying for comfort, we're praying for a number of things. We do lift up to you, Jackie, and we pray, Lord, that you will just bless her right now, knowing that her dad left her last year around this time. But we pray that you give her, just overshadow her with your presence of peace and give her comfort right now. And Lord, we're prayerful and trusting that that she indeed uh, knows without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, that her father is with you right now. We do pray for Ronnie. We pray for her that you will help her to be able to breathe and clear her lungs and be able to, uh, Lord, just uh, 
Rely upon your healing at this time and give her peace at the same moment. Lord, we know of uh, people in our midst in our hosp- that are hospitalized, people that we know within our church. We lift up to you, Donna, right now. We pray that you will just take care of her and give her rest as well as you provide healing for her. And we thank you, Lord, for a praise. We want to give you a praise, Lord, for Miss Laura, who she is still alive and kicking. And she's still in our presence. And we thank you for taking care of her because only you, Lord, can take care of her the way that she needs to be nurtured and cared for. Lord, we know that you have people in our lives that do this work, this servant work for you to care. But we know that that's coming directly from you. And we thank you for your presence in that area. And Lord, for those I have not mentioned who are in need of prayer, Lord, you know who they are. I pray that you speak to them right now. Give them your personal touch. Give them what they need. And Lord, as we get ready to get more into your word now, speak to us. We give you praise and thanks. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everyone, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 13, verses 1 through 20. And this is a section in Scripture where we've gone through all the service, the public service, that Jesus has gone through all the public service uh, in his ministry. And now we're at the point where he is still teaching his disciples. He is preparing them to be able to do what? Go out into ministry. Just like everybody who's involved with going to school, you take classes, you learn things as you go to school. And the uh, purpose is to gain knowledge, get a degree, and be able to do what? Move to the next level in your life. And I think that that's where we are. We, we have to recognize that we are growing and progressing even in our faith. And we're, pro- we're growing and progressing prayerfully to go to a new level. None of us should be standing still in this endeavor. We're, we're not to stand still. We're to keep moving. And so it is with Jesus teaching the disciples. It's very important for us to know that Jesus is well aware of what's happening and what's going on. So he knows that there's a short amount of time that he has when he's going to be with the disciples. So he's going to make the most of it. And let's start by reading the passage, John chapter 13, verse 1. We're going to read all the way to verse 20. And we are going to read this from the New Living Translation. So if you would follow along with me, I'd appreciate that. John chapter 13, starting with verse 1. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. Please remember this first section, and we'll come back to that. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Verse 7, Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. Verse 8, No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. 
Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? Verse 13, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Verse 16, I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. I am not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but this fulfills the scripture that says, the one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Okay, that's John chapter 13, verses 1 through 20. Now, what we have to understand here, um, especially in looking at the first part of this passage, first of all, that Jesus is glorifying humble service, being a servant, being a servant. A brief note, it's really interesting how today we find a lot of individuals in our society today, and this even includes people who are in church and supposed to know better, who lack humility. Lack humility. It... It's one thing today where people need to understand that the very essence of following Jesus Christ involves humility. And not just saying that you follow him, but actually doing the very things that are called for. And this is what Jesus is trying to teach these disciples here today. There are many people who are out there today who feel like, I don't need anybody else, I got myself. Well, that's not a humble approach. In order for you to be a servant, guess what you have to do? You have to come outside of yourself. In order for a wife to effectively serve her husband, she has to humble herself before him. And that will start a whole other argument depending upon who you're talking to. But that's exactly what God has planned. That is what he planned for a woman in marriage to a husband. A wife to a husband. Servant, being a servant does not mean we always take stuff to extremes. It doesn't mean you become a slave. It's exactly the opposite. A servant means you do something willingly to be a help meet or be helpful. And Jesus is teaching us here about the importance of service. When you went into the temple back in the 
when we read what happens in the Old Testament, there was a laver that preceded the altar. And what did you have to do? It was kept filled with water for the constant washing of the priests. Let's take a look at an example of that. Turn to Exodus chapter 30. A washing had to take place. Exodus 30. We're going to look at verses 18 through 21. Well, let's start with verse 17. I, I hate to bushwhack my bride there. Is he okay? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Exodus 30. Let's start with verse 17. And we're going to take it to verse 21. The Lord spoke to Moses. And by the way, if you're reading in the Old Testament, many of you should be reading or, or prayerfully are reading in the books like you've already read Exodus, but you're in Deuteronomy right now. Um, it's really good to read the five first first five books. You need to see how important it is for people to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the example is right here in the first five books of the Bible about being obedient to God. And there is a blessing when you're obedient to God and there is a curse if you're not. But what does it say here in verse 17? The Lord spoke to Moses, make a bronze basin for washing and a bronze stand for it. That's the, that's the, uh, the labor that we're referring to. Set it between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. Verse 19, Aaron and his sons must wash their hands and feet from the basin. Whenever they enter the tent of meeting or approach the altar to minister by burning a food offering to the Lord, they must wash with water so that what? They will not die. They must wash their hands and feet so that they will not die. This is to be a permanent statute for them, for Aaron and his descendants throughout their generations. And the same thing is mentioned very briefly in Leviticus chapter 16, verse 4. We won't, we won't cover that. We'll just go on. But the, the essence of what I wanted to cover was right here in Exodus chapter 30. We cannot have fellowship with Christ at Calvary or on Olivet unless we draw near with our hearts sprinkled like a washing from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We have to have a washing. When Jesus talks about he's this river that's flowing from within, you know, he uses these words for us to help to speak to us and, and tell us unless you allow him to wash you, you won't belong to him. That's what he says in verse 8, talking to Peter. So we need to have the attitude that we need to be washed as we approach Jesus. And in order for you to wash, you have to stop and do something for yourself. That's very important. You have to humble yourself. Let Jesus wash you with this humility that you need to be able to draw near to him. Because we have evil consciences. Because we have the flesh that needs to be taken off. And understand something. I don't think it's a stretch to say that Satan has been extremely busy. Especially lately. Extremely busy. Very active in this world. Very open with the carnality that he represents. 
The Synoptic Gospels tell us that on their way to the feast, the disciples had yielded to contention and pride. This is why Jesus is doing this very thing. On the way, because after Jesus had you know, had these great victories and he you know, had uh, raised Lazarus from the dead and all the things that he had done to culminate his ministry, because the disciples were with Jesus and they were counted amongst him, they got kind of the big head about it. They were pretty pumped up or puffed up, excuse me. And because of being associated with Jesus Christ. But Jesus is trying to teach them they have to put this away. Put away this attitude that they have. And verse 1 emphasizes... He loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. Because in order for him to teach these people, he had to love them. He had to love them. He loved them for who they were. He loved them for what they were going through. And he's spending the time with them. Teaching always continues. There's going to be teaching until we don't ever have to worry about what sin will do to taint us. Will we all be glorified one day? That teaching will never stop. That teaching that Jesus is giving us is not going to stop. It's going to continue through or past the rapture into the tribulation. There's teaching taking place then. All kinds of teaching. He's going to be reaching his people. Whoever who wants to hear his truth, he is going to be speaking to them and teaching them. But we have to still go back to how we are no longer guilty because of what Christ did on the cross for us. And he's showing us, even through this passage we just read, in Exodus, obedience has to be there. We've got to be obedient to the Father. Obedience must be the element. And this is where he's trying to teach Peter in the same passage. So let's go back to the passage again and bring it down. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. And take that even further. When we say the very end, we really do mean the very end. The very end. He loved them. He chose them to do what they're going to do and he loves them and they're going to carry on his ministry. But they still need to learn. Verse 2, It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, Simon, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. Look at this very closely. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. And that he had come from God and would return to God. So Jesus is moving in such a manner where he has complete authority to do what he's doing. And he has been moving that way. But John wants you to see this in this passage. He's moving forward. And they've already eaten, by the way. We'll get to that in a moment. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? 
I guess he had already washed other people's feet. And now he's going to ask the question, you're going to wash my feet now. Remember, Peter is, is the guy that, you know, even when during the, the transfiguration, Peter always has to say something. He's got something to say about anything and everything. That's his personality. One thing we learn about a lot of people who are in the body of Christ, sometimes we have different personalities and they'll say things, but sometimes Peter will say stuff that he shouldn't be saying. He's like, you know, he's just popping off and saying stuff. Because even, even John did that. He even mentioned, made, no, Luke did that. He made mention of that in the Transfiguration. He didn't know what he was saying, but he said it anyway. Are you going to wash my feet? Verse 7, Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. That's because Jesus knows Peter's personality. Peter sometimes talks and doesn't get it. Guess what we do for everybody? Sometimes we talk. And we don't always get it. So this is not in any way meant to be a persecution of Peter. It's not. It's just that sometimes we need to see, sometimes we do the same stuff. It's like, well, Peter always popping his mouth off saying stuff. We do it all the time. Shoot. Amen? We do stuff. We know that. Verse 8, no, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Now, what does that mean when he says that? It, it can mean a couple of things. Unless he washes away Peter's sins by death on the cross, Peter could have no relationship with him. Or that unless Peter submitted to him and allowed Jesus to minister in this way, Peter would never learn the lesson of humility. Humility. Now remember, Jesus hasn't gone to the cross yet. Hasn't happened yet. So either one of those scenarios is plausible. But I'd like to lean towards the latter. I think that Jesus already knew he was going to go to the cross. He already knew what was going to happen when he goes to the cross. He knew he had complete authority to take away the sins of the world, including Peter's sins. So now Peter needed to be taught how to be humble. And, you know, he went after that. He said, well, (laughs) then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Well, Jesus explained to him in verse 10, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. Now, there's something to point out here that's very interesting about this particular section. And I, I don't want to forget about it, so I want to make sure that I'm talking about it real quick. First of all, you'll notice that there's nothing mentioned about Judas where, where you know, he, you know, he's talking about the eating part and the bread's being shared and whoever dips in the bowl with me. Well, that's because John chose not to cover that. He's making a mention in verse 2. If you go back to verse 2, it was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, Simon, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. You remember that that's what was mentioned in the other parts of the gospel where it says Satan entered him um, and then he was to go forth and, 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 go, and Jesus spoke to him and said, whatever you do, do it quickly. John chose not to mention that here. And he chose not to mention it because he just wasn't going to give emphasis to it. The Spirit did not give him that information to share about 
why he didn't talk about the supper. He felt it more important to focus on this aspect of Jesus' teaching about washing the feet. Because this isn't mentioned everywhere. He gave emphasis to this. Because it was important for us to see this teachable moment. Because you really weren't learning anything during the Passover dinner. But you are learning something here about what's going on. About when Jesus is speaking to them. I mean, during the dinner, all he did was just mention that, you know, someone's going to betray me. And that's, that's where the conversation went. But we need to see now this teachable opportunity. And it's important for us to recognize that as we're looking at what Jesus is doing to teach us, he's trying to teach us what? About being a model servant. Being a model servant. It was customary back in the day for a person who was coming into your household for you to wash that person's feet as they come in. A household servant would be the one who would carry that out, by the way. A household servant. People in the household who were working um, for the individual where the house was. But Jesus took it upon himself to wrap a towel around himself as the lowliest slave would do and washed and dried his disciples' feet. If he was willing to do this, and show himself to be a servant, even though he was God himself, everybody. He's teaching us how important this is in our fellowship, in our movement, in how we act. We need to be humble before our Lord. We can be taught most effectively when we are humble before Jesus. It's when we have distractions, when we're busy doing something else, we're looking at TV, we're, we're supposed to be looking at our Bibles, but we're listening to something else on either the radio or the internet or we're watching videos. God can't teach us when we're that occupied. You're focusing on what you want to do. You have to give your complete attention to the Lord Jesus Christ in your moments of study, in your moments of reading. And you better believe that Satan doesn't want you focused on your reading or study. Does not want you to do that. So you have to do those very things. And if Jesus, God in the flesh, is willing to serve, we also have to be willing to serve in any way that does what? Glorifies God. Any way that glorifies God. God is to be glorified. God is to be glorified in all of our actions, all that we do, no matter if we're feeling good, not feeling good, no matter if things are going great and things aren't going great, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, our actions, our life, the example that we lead, the things that we do are to glorify God with humility. Are you willing to follow Jesus' example of serving? Who can you serve today? I'm sure some people will come to mind. We need to understand how important it is for to do that very thing. And when we get down, I'm going to skip ahead to verse 17. I'll come back to it. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. You see that? 
there's a blessing for those who choose to be a servant of Jesus Christ. God's going to bless you for doing it. Remember we said, but the old all we read in the Old Testament, especially in the first five books, the Lord says He will bless you if you just be obedient to Him. The Lord says He will curse you if you choose to follow something different other than God. There's no difference to what He says in the Old Testament and what He says now. It's the exact same thing. You'll be blessed if you remain obedient to God and His Word. There's a special blessing for those individuals. And Peter, for whatever reason, because he just had to say some things, he was confused. He is watching Jesus wash the feet of the other disciples, but he must have counted himself to be special. You ain't got to wash my feet, do you? And that's what Peter was saying. But that's exactly why Jesus spent the time with him to teach him. Unless you let me wash your feet, you don't belong to me. And he really means that. So for those of us who get highfalutin and think that we're special because we have a certain approach towards Jesus Christ, um, let me just tell you right now, you're not that special. Jesus loves you. He loves all of us. And you need to lower your standard for yourself and recognize that you still need to be taught something too. You still need to learn some things. And this is even true of leadership. Now, Pastor Gus is a servant. He serves. There's no question about it. He serves sometimes to his detriment. We have to watch him and slow him down so that he doesn't overdo it. Uh, But at the end of the day, he's a servant of God. And God is blessing him for that. And I mention him because he's a leader in the church. And leaders in the church are supposed to be servants. That's what we have to recognize too. So anybody, just because you're put into a position of leadership doesn't mean that you stop serving. Or you just tell folks, you go ahead and do this, you go ahead and do that, you go ahead and take care of this. You're still a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you treat people who are under you? Children in the workplace. How do you treat other employees that report to you? How do you treat volunteers? Do you think you're more special than they are? You're not. So we have to recognize the importance. And Jesus was teaching them. Go back to verse 12. John chapter 13, verse 12. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You have to understand, he's trying to teach them something that's very important for them to see. Do you understand what I was doing? He wasn't just washing the disciples' feet just to get them to be nice to each other or treat them the right way. He was extending his mission because he knew he was going to leave soon. He's teaching them, this is what you need to do when I'm not here. This is what you need to be doing for other people when I'm not around. You know, all the accolades are coming in right now because, yeah, some great things have happened, but there's a lot of trouble that's coming, and I'm not going to be here. 
and you need to now live as a servant when I'm not around. It's easy to do when I'm around, but if I'm not around, now you need to carry this whole way of thinking on to other people. Go into the world, preach the gospel. Go into the world and serve each other. Why? What did we say earlier? There are a lot of people that need to hear the message of salvation. There are people that are out there who are God-haters, but we need to be praying for those people because it's going to take a miraculous change in many of the lives that we're talking about here for them to know God. But you have to be a servant of God and be ready to speak when called upon. God can do anything. What do we say? With God, all things are possible. With men, it's not possible. But with God, all things are possible. And that's exactly the attitude that we need to have. Back to verse 13. John 13, 13. You call me teacher and Lord... And you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. And then he goes further and tells us why this is important. He is teaching them something very important. For those who thought that they were all that special because they were one of the twelve chosen... Jesus is going to remind them, you're special, but not as special as you are making yourself out to be. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master. Nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Notice how there's a leveling. There's a leveling of the playing field. We're all servants before Jesus Christ. Whether you're the President of the United States or whether you're somebody who's sweeping the janitor's room. We're all servants. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach us here. The messenger is not more important than the one who sends the message. Just because God gives you the voice to speak, that doesn't make you more important than the message itself. He's enabling you to speak. You should be thanking the Lord Jesus Christ that you are here to speak the message. Because it's an honor and a privilege to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. That's the point we were getting to. And he goes on and says, I am not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen. But this fulfills the scripture that says, The one who eats my food has turned against me. What is he referring to? The one who eats my food. This was happened before. This was the, the meal where Judas Iscariot had dipped his bread into the bowl with Jesus and called to the attention of everybody else. Who's going to betray? Who's, who is in all this conversation taking place during the dinner? But he wasn't saying this to all of us because he already knew that Judas was already been, had already been taken over by Satan. 
So he knew that Judas would not be a servant of Jesus Christ. He would not be doing anything other than just going on to fulfill what, unfortunately for him, that he had turned against Jesus. And essentially he says he turned against him. Judas, I don't think ever really, he was there, but he was doing all, what, during all the entire time while he was with him. He was stealing from the, taking money out of the treasury. He was putting stuff aside for himself. He wasn't thinking about himself. He wasn't being humble about it. Now, verse 19, I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. Now, your Bible may have I am capitalized. If it does, that's referring specifically to the I am. When Moses questioned who God was, he says, I am. Jesus spoke in John chapter 8, verse 58. Before Abraham was, I am. That alone tells you that he is God. He is the God who was there present during the very creation of the world. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Jesus was there as part of the Godhead to do that. He was the one who was the creator. Of course, that's very hard for some of us to get our arms wrapped around. But it takes faith. Faith. He's not speaking a secret code here. He's telling you, he's, I am. He is the great I am. And verse 20, I tell you the truth, anyone who comes, welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. Anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. You see how important it is for you to recognize who Jesus Christ is. If you recognize who Jesus Christ is, you understand the nature of who God is. You understand what the power of the Holy Spirit is. We understand exactly what it means to be indwelled by the Spirit. He's teaching us these things for the purpose of showing us why we need to be His servants. He was teaching the disciples the very same thing. It was very important for them to be servants. Not say, I'm big and bad because I was one of the twelve chosen people. But be a servant. It's an example to carry on forward for after he leaves them. And let's emphasize something that's very important that was mentioned earlier in this passage about how much he loves them. How much he loves them. How much he loves those disciples. Extend that to the people of God who truly believe in him. He loves you. He loves his own. You realize he knew who you were before the world was created? That is, that is just an amazing thing to get your arms around. He knew you would be here in this day, in this time, in this moment. He knew about you before the world was even created. It was part of His plan. That's how much He loves us. And we need to see this love John felt it very important to mention this 
about how he loves those disciples to the very end. And guess what? He loves us to the very end. He loves us. His desire, he does not want to see anyone perish, but have eternal life. He doesn't want to see anyone condemned. John chapter 3, verse 17. He wants, he went to the cross to save us so that we wouldn't be condemned. We wouldn't perish because we believe in him. So the lesson for today, everyone, is about living according to the example of Jesus Christ. Being a servant. Being a servant. Allowing yourself to be taught every day. We all have something to learn every day. We don't stop learning. We continue to grow in our relationship with Jesus. He teaches us. But He shows us how much He loves us And he wants us to live as servants. Doesn't matter. He was Lord and teacher. Yeah, he was, but he also was a servant. He humbled himself. He humbled himself to go to the cross for us. He humbled himself to go to the cross. How important that is. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for your teaching. We are thankful, Lord, that you continue to speak to us about who you are. And Lord, we know that there are many things we need to throw off. We know we need to go before you in many ways and just wash ourselves, wash our feet before we even get before you. We need to throw off those things that create iniquity between you and me. We thank you, Lord, for reminding us that because we believe in you, we have eternal life. Because we believe that you are the one that went to the cross for us, we have fellowship with you forever. But Lord, until that time we come to meet you, Let us live in such a manner where we remain as servants before you. Where we take all the things that, we put off all those things that are not helpful. In fact, take us away from you. And we put on those things that draw us near to you. Lord, we thank you for how you speak to us how you love us. And sometimes, Lord, even in how you correct us, you're very gentle. We thank you for that. Lord, may we emulate that same love with others and be humble before others as we go. We thank you and we give you praise. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining me for this edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. We're back again. And we appreciate you being here. Stay tuned in the timeline online for those of you who are looking to have the church experience. We'll be here about 11 o'clock on the same timeline on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. And we will see you next time.